Good day to you. I am Dr. Devin Tan. I am a forensic psychiatrist, a dad, and the host of the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. Welcome. On the podcast, I like to discuss parenting and mental models that makes life a little bit easier and hopefully more meaningful for you. Well, that's my aim anyway. But uh, I've been advised to give you a disclaimer every time I make one of these episodes. And that is, nothing I say on this podcast is psychiatric or medical advice. And nothing should be construed as such. If you have any psychiatric questions, medical questions, go and consult your own healthcare professional. So everything I say here is my opinion, my points of view, my perspectives, my two cents, because it is my show and I can do what I want on the show, at least. Today I wanted to talk about youth violence, violence in youth, violence uh, committed by youth, um, perpetrated by youth. Uh, against both children, young people, and adults. Reason being is, um, I came across an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago, and also the Otago Daily Times. For those of you that are in New Zealand, I'm. Uh, you you probably know where Wanaka is. It's down in the South Island. Been on holiday. I have mixed feelings about going back home but um, alas I must return anyway on in those uh, publications there were actually a few reports and I've seen plenty more over the last couple of years actually reports of crime waves across the world a bit sensationalist a bit um, alarmist you know youth crime youth murder youth on youth murder ram raids you know ag rob Aggravated robbery, aggravated assaults, shootings, kids killing kids, kids shooting adults. So much woe, so much doom and gloom. It made me wonder, is this actually the case? You know, is it is it that things are truly getting worse and worse? And the, the, the thing is, it's not. But what was interesting to me is the tone in which uh, a lot of these reports were written. You know, a lot of uh, commentators have been pointing the finger at various things, in particular the pandemic. I'm sure you are not tired of hearing about that, COVID. Uh, lockdowns and they blame the lack of structure you know kids not being able to attend to their usual activities they're not at school and so they get bored or they get stressed and anxious etc etc and then um, you know they, for some reason it makes them go crazy and then they they start shooting each other <clears throat> but still it sounds a bit ludicrous um, and Actually, the problem with statistics or people quoting statistics <clears throat> uh, without context is very misleading. It doesn't give you the whole picture. Um, it actually, from 1994 till 2019, pre-pandemic, uh, crime rates 
in youth have actually been flatlining, or in in some jurisdictions it's actually decreased. And yes, I admit there has been a statistical blip, some increase in certain areas in serious crime uh, through the pandemic period. However, it is really important that you don't draw any firm conclusions about that, because <clears throat> you, you you can't. Using a short period of one or two years to draw conclusions is specious. You know, it's very dangerous. It's misleading. Um, everything in human nature goes in cycles, circles. Okay, so you you can't just take a cross-sectional view and draw firm conclusions based on cross-sectional data. You have to take a long-term view, just like when you. Uh, uh, you know, if you're a stock market observer, uh, you'll see that over time, over the last 200, 300 years, um, credit cycles move in, in cycles. They, they, they go up, they go down. And um, just like with anything that involves human nature, human emotion, things go up and things go down. Um, but... Good news is I think that crime rates are actually flatlining and maybe even improving. However, it's not zero. It's not zero. So we are far from um, minimizing um, youth crime. Um, serious crime is still serious. It's still there, unfortunately. But luckily, it's not all that common. Or at least not as common as people think it is and i think people think it's common because of what i call readership bias um but you know violence is still a thing and humans being humans we blame things we blame parents um we blame pandemic um you know is it marilyn manson social media um britney spears New Kids on the Block, <laughs> um, Grand Theft Auto. We blame things when we don't know what to do about the situation that's causing us grief. And actually, it's no one's fault, but we have to take collective responsibility to do something. And what are we going to do? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what we can do collectively to reduce crime, to reduce youth crime. Isn't that amazing? All you had to do, all you had to do is just listen to me on huddlewisdom.com, huddlewisdom the podcast it's all here it's all here it's all here but i have to say i cannot take credit for any of this of course i can't because it's not my ideas it's ideas that i have distilled from giants intellectual giants before me uh 
Of course, I jest a little bit here. Um, people who know me know that I'm not that grandiose or narcissistic. But um, yeah. Anyway, let's 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 uh, get into it. So, uh, perpetrators of violent crime. Uh, who are they? Why are they? They all share some characteristics, but it's not the focus of this episode because it's more useful to talk about what they lack so that we can remedy what they lack. Uh, I'll just say that there are outliers in this world, you know, like the Jeffrey Dahmers of this world. We don't know why, why these people come into being. We can speculate. You know, we can conjecture, we can, we can theorize, you know, we come up, come up with all kinds of ideas and reasons. But luckily, these people are so ultra-rare um, that in general, uh, we can apply broad principles across the board and um, it'll help. It'll help. Even with outliers, though, I would say that their needs are just are the same as you and in mine, at yours and mine, but it's just simply greater, and they need special attention if their innate um, <laughs> tendencies, proclivities, are to be managed well. The majority of people, the majority of people that commit crime, are just like you and me, and in many ways, um. We are just the same in terms of what they must have, we must have, in order to feel secure, confident, hopeful for the future. So, what can we do? You know, what are the things that we need to provide our children? What are the things that we need to provide people for people to grow happy, healthy, secure? Uh, now, um, let me just say before I continue that I'm not naive to the fact that the world is full of difficulties and pain. Um, and, um, you know, I, if you're hurting out there, uh, my heart goes out to you. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that um, life is easy, okay? I uh, just want to make that clear. Life is not easy. Life is complex. Life is complicated. Um, but uh, what I hope to achieve in this uh, podcast is to help people to to understand certain mental models, frameworks that might help um, help make things a little easier, a little less stressful. Okay, so what are some of the ideal things that we should be providing to everyone? What should we be putting in the soil? You know, what do we, what what do plants need in order to grow well? Uh, what do we need? So the first thing that kids need is clarity. Clarity. They must be absolutely clear, clear as crystal that they have someone who will always be there for them. This cannot change okay if you can help it then help it 
they must be absolutely clear that there is someone in their life that is there for them, that has their back. This clarity of relationship is like a reference point, a set point from where children navigate, without which it's easy for them to lose their way. If they get emotionally lost, if they get lost along the way, along their journeys, their personal journeys, they can reset as long as they have a clear reference point. Yes, there may be many reasons for a lack of clarity, you know, opacity, um, confusion um, in terms of the uh, security of a relationship. It's our job then to make it less uncertain for our kids. It's our job to find the reasons for opacity and to clear, clear the view for our children. We need to deal with that immediately. The second thing is kids need meaningful activity. We need meaningful work in our lives. Objectives, something to strive for, mountains to climb. Yours might be, you know, a, a, a mountain that may be a little less steep than someone else's, but nonetheless, it's still something to climb. And we need to train our kids to expect to face mountains that they are going to have to face obstacles in the way but but they will be able to rise to the challenge maybe not immediately but eventually they will be able to defeat or climb their personal mountain um, you know they might need to learn certain skills first before they do that but the intention is that they will climb that mountain and we have to expect expect them to do that which means that we always have to assess their capacity to cope with certain situations and make adjustments adapt the um, you know to tweak the environment for them as much as we can uh, so that they don't experience a sense of overwhelm and and failure that stops them from um, stops them from uh, from continuing on their journeys uh, yeah. mastery starts with something that they can manage you know they have to start small and um, that means that they get a taste for achievement and then they can build from there um, and I think as parents part of our role is to ensure that we set the stage for our children so that um, they can experience that taste of achievement and we can um, curate those sorts of experiences for them as much as possible anyway because i know that life is unpredictable and it's difficult to to do these things on the fly um, i'm not naive to the fact that you know 
we we can't predict what's in front of us, you know, half the time. Uh, but we can prepare, you know, we can prepare, and um, we need to be interested and engaged. We have to always be looking to engage with our kids in a way that allows us to understand their needs, their limitations, so that we can help them. That's what we're there for. It takes a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, but but we should be doing that. We should be doing that. The third thing is that kids need to feel like they belong. They need to feel a part of something, a team, a family. You know, no wonder. Um, you know, people talk about youth gangs and um, you know rising rates of of crime um, perpetrated by. Uh, by by gangs, and it's not difficult to see why there seems to be um, a need for young people to congregate in these sorts of um, anti-social communities. Uh, actually, you know, anti-social is a strange word because you know it's very social being part of a gang. <laughs> anyway. Um, People, kids, we need to feel valued. We need to feel like we're part of something. It helps us to form our identity. It strengthens our sense of self. It gives us a sense of belonging, which we all need. Because it's about survival, isn't it? And so, um, so I think that's part of the reason. Recently, I've taken quite an interest in um, my, my family history, my, uh, the tribe that I belong to, um, you know, um, been learning a lot about a branch of the family tree that I've not previously been privy to. My great-grandfather, um, Xiaowa, he, um, he and, he formed some business partnerships, um, during the Second World War, uh, where he and his group set up some secret accounts. Uh, to fund two Spitfire bomber planes for the Allies. And um, he was a prominent businessman in North Borneo at the time. And the Japanese uh, who occupied the place found out and they made an example of him and his colleagues and they were summarily executed for his part in helping the Allies. But it, that piece of history itself had a, had a strong impact on me and you know, after I, I learned about this, I felt more, more more drawn to my homeland in a way that I'd not been before. I felt, um, um, you know, stronger roots had formed. Um, and, um, yeah, that was very meaningful to me. So I, I, I encourage you, I think it's, it's important to share family history uh, because it can help cultivate roots. Which is the fourth thing I want to say. Kids need to feel rooted, you know, as well as to feel like they belong to something that's bigger than themselves. Having roots helps them to form their own identity. Paradoxically, if they have strong roots, it helps them to be more secure when they eventually separate from us. But they still have connection, emotional connection, that is very difficult to, to break. Um... If they don't, he will desperately, or she will desperately, try to find roots somewhere else in a controlling way, 
or they might be vulnerable to being controlled by someone else. So bear that in mind. Number five, kids need to be able to experience the world and explore it. They need stimulation. Yes, physical safety is important. All that stuff is important. Teach them about self-defense, all that stuff. Um, but what's perhaps more important is that they are secure in themselves because they have all those elements which I had mentioned before. Clarity, that there's someone there for them, that they've got meaningful activity, they belong and they are rooted in something, something bigger than themselves. It means that um, when, when the time is right, uh, we can, as parents, feel a little bit more secure. Not, we're never ever going to be 100% secure, um, but uh, we do need to eventually let our kids make their own adventures and explore in the world. And it's our job to prepare them. And if you keep all those principles in mind uh, that I just mentioned, I think that will put you and your kids in, in good stead. Um, what else do they need? What else do they need? Well, children need to be able to communicate with one another in a way that is clear. I talked about clarity already, but clear communication is so important. It's a skill. So we, you know, we as adults, when we get frustrated, some of us are prone to making sarcastic comments, passive aggressive sort of comments, right? Which has this underlying unpleasant subtext. So, you know, what we say is not always what we mean, but we need to watch out for that. We we have to be really, 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 really watching out for that. Um, we need to teach our kids how to speak clearly. Mean what we say. Let our yes be yes and our no be no. Right, as Jesus said. So we need to be clear. The reason is because we want our children to be able to learn how to communicate and express themselves in a way that is clear so that they can negotiate with the world optimally. It brings me to my next point, nonverbal communication. This is important because um, if you can teach your kids to, uh, um, to learn how to read body language, um, it's a great tool. Why am I talking about this? You know, why is it so important? Well, the reason is because if you can teach your kids to speak clearly, okay, to be able to make sense of body language, um, communication is the thing that helps to build relationships. Um, and through relationships, we can build security. And with security, you can then get clarity, uh, attachment, rootedness, sense of belonging, all that sort of stuff. It's all good stuff, right? So in a roundabout way, um, what I'm trying to say is that if you can give your kids the, the, the skill of language and nonverbal communication, um, well, sorry, be, be good at interpreting nonverbal communication, then you are on your way. 
Um, there are access to various tools and resources to help you to improve your ability to teach your kids this stuff. But um, um, what you can do is just listen to the Huddle Wisdom podcast. Just keep listening. Let's keep talking. Um, send me some emails if you want. Hello at huddlewisdom.com. Ask me some questions and I'll podcast about any questions that you might have and I'll try and answer them. Um, my kids are calling to me, so <laughs> I don't know if you can hear them in the background. They're in the swimming pool, so I better go. Um, but before I go, I just want to say, please be consistent. Practice what you preach. Practice what you preach uh, as much as you can. Because kids can catch you out and they will not believe you if you are a hypocrite. <laughs> but be subtle. Be subtle, okay, about what you do. <laughs> My kids are shouting at me now. Subtlety is the key. Okay, so when you engage with your kids, you don't have to use words. You can use nonverbal communication. You know, a, a firm, proud hand on the shoulder that says, I love you, I see you, I hear you, I love you. You're the, you're the sunshine of my life, you know, a knowing smile. Do it lots. Do it so many times that there is no doubt that you are there for them. And actually, rewarding good behavior with this sort of uh, acknowledgement is so powerful, much more powerful as a reward than um, punishing bad behavior. Actually, we, me and my wife, we don't do a lot of punishment these days. We do a lot of uh, praising. Um, we don't. We we try and catch our kids acting well, rather than trying to catch them acting badly. And the more you can catch your kids acting well, you start to see all the little things that they do. That's just simply amazing, and you want to praise the heck out of those things. Don't be cringe, okay? Don't be cringe because kids can sense when you're being disingenuous. Just connect with them emotionally. Sit with them. Be with them. Okay? Um, if you want to learn more about this stuff, go and check out the blog. Um, I'll put some resources in the show notes for you. Um, check out the free resources. Um, learn how to make roadmaps to navigate emotional storms. Because I talk a lot about empathy and how to connect with your kids using the empathy triangle. And uh, There's a blog post on that as well, and I'll put that in the show notes. Check out the Empathic Discipline course. It's uh, huddlewisdom.com forward slash practice. It's, you know, it, it does cost something. But if you don't like it, just tell me and I'll give you your money back. Okay, It's pretty much like risk-free. Happiness guarantee. Okay, that's from me. Happiness guarantee. Um, tell all your friends about it. I've had some good feedback already. It's changed people's life. <laughs> As, well, that's what they tell me. I don't know if that's true, but anyway, whether people are just being nice. But anyway, I, I think it's great. Anyway, um, I'm also going to be releasing the um, Foundations of Emotional Literacy sometime during the year. I'll let you know as soon as that happens. But I must rush. I'm sorry. My kids are calling out to me. Um, I'm going to go jump in the pool now. I love you all, my friends. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, be well. Hope you're well. And um, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.